and this is the Aggie Sports Radio Show. I'm Jacob Nielsen. Alongside me, the sports editor of the Utah Statesman, Jacob Ellis. And uh, we got a we got a full show for you tonight. I know you're driving around that frigid <laughs> sub Arctic air. You shouldn't be driving around really, unless you have to. Oh uh, well, I you mean, should be driving around <laughs> because then you got the Dallas ninety-two-three. Okay, well, no, but you can listen to the radio that, while that's not valid. driving. That's valid. That's yeah. valid. Yeah, yeah. you should be listening to the show. Just put it on your phone. Put I it guess on the tune-in. If app. you're listening to this message, it doesn't really matter how you're listening. Y- yeah, the fact that you are <laughs> listening is truly, truly what matters. Um, but anyways, it's just really cold out there, and it's hard to think about, um, you know, the the simpler things in life, such as sports and well, athletics when uh, I can't think because my brain is frozen from the inside. Let me tell you what this uh, weather is. This weather is perfect football weather, man. Are you kidding me? An Army-Navy game kicking off right now <laughs> in, in negative three uh, at Maverick Stadium would be fire. That would be uh, pro- possibly one of the best conditions for a football game ever. Yeah. I know you're not, but it sounds like you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh no, like no, no, no! Oh yeah, this is the best. Like, let's get let's get that NFC Championship on the frozen tundra. <laughs> let's have it in the Maverick Stadium. Let's risk everyone getting frostbite. Yeah. yeah, I walked home last night. I was walking around campus. Walked home. It was a negative 15 degrees outside, according to my, to my weather app. And I just I was just trying not to think about it for the most part because you know you're bundled up, and at some point, cold is cold, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it almost feels like. It's so cold that not only is cold cold, but cold is frigid, and it kind of elicits a bit of fear inside your soul of like, <laughs> just like the knowledge, like a bit of fear. ignorance is bliss, right? If sure. I if I walked outside after the show and someone told me it was twenty five degrees outside, I'd be like, dang, it's a nippy twenty five. Glad I'm wearing a jacket. But no one when I know that it's negative, whatever. It's kind of intense. Are you are starting to think about uh, like exposure? Like are you gonna get frostbite or something? Oh, you know, I'm thinking about all the possibilities. <laughs> is some polar bear going to come out and attack me? Because <laughs> this is their climate now? Mm-hmm. How about a penguin from Youngstown State? Oh, you mm-hmm. know, I would I would take down a Youngstown State penguin. Yeah? Easy money. All right. It's, those, it's, it's the, fair, the Fairbanks polar bears you've uh-huh. got to worry about. All right. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Have you seen <laughs> – this, this is a Utah State sports show, I assure you. Yeah. But this is also a – a weather show, and this is also a. We talk about cool things that have happened in the world. Fairbanks polar bears, their hockey intro for their Division Two hockey team. I think they they might be Division One for hockey. What what about it? It is the greatest video I've ever seen in my life. It's like uh, 2010. Ne- next show we're gonna have this. Say we're gonna pull it up. Okay. It's like the 2010. Hockey intro for the University of Fairbanks, Alaska, University of Alaska Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. They're the Bears or the Polar Bears or something, and it's pretty much like just the greatest intro video you'll ever see. Like it involves nuclear warfare, warfare. I butchered that word. It it involves polar bears riding on jets. It's really just like is this anything, what you're talking about right here? I got to pull them. I, Alaska and the nukes, yeah, you know. I might right. have been making it up that okay. it was Let me, University of Fairbanks. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll get it pulled up. But tell We're us why this up. is so great. Well, just imagine you go to a hockey game, right? You're living in Fairbanks, Alaska, when negative six is probably the mean temperature in July, right? And you're pulling it to a, to a hockey game, and you, you want to see some fights. You want to see 
the teens trading blows, you know, some cool skating on the ice. And then you want to just be amped up, right? This video checks all those boxes. <laughs> it's got guns. It's got polar bears. Is this uh, is this FCC compliant? Yes, it if is. If I play this? Yes, okay. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Okay, should we just play it? Yeah, go for okay. it. All right, no ads. Oh, oh, we got an ad. Sorry. Thank goodness for the mute button. All right. All right, here we go. So, official title of the Alaska Nanooks 2010 hockey intro. Let us describe, you're seeing a ship blazing through ice, and now it's cut to a polar bear with electric eyes. Whoa, he's come out of the ice. He's terrorizing the ship. Okay, he took a hockey stick and just cut the ship in half, and it exploded. And now he's a fighter pilot. What is going on? Oh, he saluted. How nice. You gotta unmute it. On full Top Gun with nukes in the volcano? Blows up the world. The polar bear in the fighter jet blows up the earth like it's the Death Star and he's Luke Skywalker. And now he spits through the wormhole. And where's he gonna come out from? We don't know. Those burst into blue flames. Charging with the stick into the vortex. To the rink that has survived the explosion. <laughs> it's time for hockey. That. <laughs> I, I think just listening to that is fun because the. The, the music soundtrack is just so great but you have to watch that video like the the visuals i i we can't do it justice any no, any words that we use to try it. explain it that is that video not incredible that was incredible yeah. that was well worth the the detour um yeah well <laughs> that does you know that that's a good reminder that is kind of what my what's going on in my brain when it's this cold outside that's that's kind of what i'm seeing these yeah. are the hallucinations i'm happening walking up old main hill in this frost exactly yeah there, there, there are no hallucinations and and we all know that you're <laughs> lying when you say you walk up old main hill yeah i am lying <laughs> you live the other you live the other side from campus so. it was it was imagery i was trying to make it a you know a magical kind of uh, no, statement we feel it we feel it yeah, yeah. well with that <laughs> welcome to the aggie sports radio show we got a lot to talk about today besides the cold besides polar bears besides hockey and really the biggest thing going on is Spectrum Magic is in full force. Oh, yeah. Utah State basketball, rolling. But rolling might be a strong word. Yeah. But they, they're in a pretty good spot. Got a huge game Wednesday night in the Spectrum, 6-3 and three in the conference, and borderline AP Top 25 team New Mexico comes to town for Spectrum Magic night, I might add. And... Uh, has there been a home game in recent years that 
has the chance to be as hyped as this one? Um, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. Um, how I, you know, it seems like Spectrum Magic is really kind of fully revived from the pandemic because, you know, we had the what thousand fans allowed in the Spectrum for a year for a season. Yep. And then now it's it's gone back, but there was some disappointments from last season's team, and you know, just the hype wasn't there, right? So it feels like it's really getting back now. Um, and just a, a quick little caveat here, right? They already did a promotion where they wore a team's color. They wore UNLV's black against them, and they won. And now they're doing Spectrum Magic. And with that, I mean, it's not like straight red, but I'm going to call that orange-yellow close enough to New Mexico where I feel like it could be a good omen to be using their colors against them like it was for the Rebs. I, this is a, a bold and interesting point. That you're bringing up because, yeah, the running Rebs, I would associate one of their colors would be black more so than the Yaggies. They do rock yeah, that. Yeah, I would say so. I would consider New Mexico with their red. They're a very warm colored team. Mm-hmm. And the Spectrum and its seats are very warm colored. Yeah. And so I don't know. You, I know Utah State has a specialty jersey for their – or their what's the gymnastics called? The leotard? Yeah, yeah. They have a Spectrum Magic leotard, which is incredibly awesome looking. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen a Spectrum Magic basketball jersey. I would love to see that on Wednesday. I, Could you imagine the the surprise? Oh, it would be, be beautiful. It'd be fantastic. I I haven't heard anything, which no, makes me I, think I don't think so. It's not going to happen. But it it is a little bit interesting that yeah, it's a warm colored team that's coming in, and that's uh, that's what they're the the colors are the student section is going to go with, right? But you know what? It's just uh, it's the spectrum, baby. I mean, it. I don't know. There's just something about it. This night is always fun because we kind of lean into the. The goofiness that is the D. Glenn Smith Spectrum, mm-hmm. and do you know the origin story behind the seats being the color they are? Um, I don't want to say anything because I've already been labeled as a Spectrum hater, and I don't want to. Whoa, whoa! I don't want to be putting things out. It's not that I hate the Spectrum. The environment is incredible in the Spectrum, but I have made it very clear that I would be all for building a new basketball arena. Um, so please enlighten us. What is the story behind the seats? Well, so the kind of the the fantasy that gets thrown out there is they're built to represent the, the fall leaves, colors, right? fall colors of Logan and Logan Canyon and the Bear River Mountains. That's all baloney. <laughs> Here's the reality: when they were building that bad boy in the 1960s, when they were constructing that thing, they ran out of money tight budget they built that arena pretty quick i don't have like exact years and dates to you but it was quick so at the end the last thing they they had to do was put the seats in what was the cheapest way to get the seats to fill in the arena it was to buy them in bulk in the ugliest colors possible (laughs) and so they went to whatever the costco equivalent is of buying (laughs) of buying you know uncomfortable uncomfortable seats to sit Mm -hmm. in and for whatever reason, they were the colors of brown and orange and red. And they threw those puppies in. And here we are, fast forward, 50 years. Because when, when, when was the first game in the Spectrum? 1970? Or was it in the 60s? I was in the 70s, I'm pretty sure. And so that that's there really is no story to it except for just financial uh, convenience, pretty much. But I think it's, uh, it's awesome because there's no arena that has the aesthetic that the Spectrum does, which is cool because basketball arenas are they can kind of be 
cookie cutter looking like yeah you've seen one you've seen them all type of deal but when you certainly go, not the case with the spectrum when you're playing like um i don't know nba 2k or something right does it really feel like you're playing at a different arena other than like the logo on the court when you're like playing a franchise mode definitely not i think uh so i i agree i think it's very cookie cutter inside i, for I most think the arenas. biggest difference with nba arenas is whether or not they have a hockey team that plays there as well mm-hmm. because if there's a hockey team there then the court or the stands are further away from the court and it's less steep in the first deck, right? Because hockey rinks are much bigger. Um, Like the Jazz's arena, they don't play hockey there. And so the seats are more on top of the court, which aids to the the atmosphere there. And so that's when I watch NBA games on TV, that's something I do notice is, oh, like Boston is also, they play hockey there and MSG, but then... Sacramento and in Utah, it's the course just on top. Of, so that's that's one little nuance. But for the most part, they look they look the same. Yeah. So, I mean, let me just throw in there before I get you know eaten by sharks or whatever. Um, you can build a new spectrum and keep that charm. You can get seats in those colors in a new new arena. Just so you know. But um. Why do you want a new arena? Oh yeah, a new we, spectrum you know, arena. Do we need to hash this out again? I mean, we just, we we uh, have hashed it out before, huh? Yeah, it's, we have. It's in the perfect location. It is. It is. I think maybe not the perfect size, but very close to perfect size in terms of capacity. Mm-hmm. And the building is beautiful. The one thing is, and we've been spoiled because we get to sit media row and so we get these cushy seats. Yeah. And before that, you know, you're just a student and you're standing, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I there have been very few games that I've gone to in the spectrum where I've just been sitting as a spectator. But everyone that's gone through it can attest to it that it's not the most comfortable no. viewing thing. But it's like we're cages in an a- we're animal <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> we're we're animals in cages just, you know, on top of the court. And you don't go to Utah State basketball games for a comfortable, relaxing time. <laughs> you go to get rowdy and crazy and uh, make the, the the opposing team's ears bleed. So, Sure. I mean, um, definitely a quarter of the arena in the herd. But, you know, if you want to be drawn in Cache Valley more, and, and it hasn't been a problem this season, but I'm just saying in general, you know, improve that, that, that seed experience, improve um, – some of the sight lines improve the concession offerings in a new arena. Um, and uh, I don't know, the big thing, you know, in a dream world, right, would be also um, a place where you could play some hockey and let the club team play in there because it'd be fun to have that on campus instead of, you know, way off on the Eccles Ice Center. That would be very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. The hockey team, they had a great weekend, mm-hmm. by the way. So I was told on Twitter. Okay. I I don't pretend to be dialed in on the Utah State hockey, but I do know that they had played a, a slate of Colorado teams and beat all of them. Oh. I believe Colorado State, Colorado, and I want to say Air Force was the third one. All club teams similar to the USU hockey team, but you know they beat all of them. So I, of all the club teams, hockey does the best job. You know, moving the needle and drawing interest. Like people really show out for those and i mean because it's a it's a fun product the team's good and hockey's an awesome sport so that that would be very cool if Mm -hmm. somehow they could uh transition an arena into a hockey rink at utah state that's that that would be cool but Mm -hmm. the spectrum's perfect (laughs) i think there's improvements 
you can make to the current building. Sure. I mean, it's but not I don't think you earthquake proof, but like, well, you know. Is it, is it not earthquake proof? I don't think it can't be. Oh, it's got to be. Dude. It's got to be earthquake proof. Mm. You're telling me a 10. I guess I'm making some bold claims. I don't know for sure. It may not be. Uh, it may be earthquake proof. However, I'm not certain on that. And I tend to doubt a little bit when looking <laughs> at the arena. <laughs> it's also kind of on a hill, too. So there's yeah. probably a fault line right there, mm-hmm. for being honest. Well, we're not trying to ignite panic into the community. No. I mean, well, okay, let's just say worst case scenario. I mean, you were having a lot of fun at the spectrum when an earthquake happened. So <laughs> you just get swallowed into the earth <laughs> with 10,000 I mean, of your could, best Would you friends. even notice the difference because you'd be jumping up and down, right? And you'd be like, would you even notice the ground moving? That's my question. It depends on the game. <laughs> it sure does. Air Force, yeah, you're probably going to notice that <laughs> earthquake. San Diego State I don't know. Maybe. An earthquake's already going to happen. Sure. Diego State, so, yeah. That's a good point. They'd be used to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, should we uh, should we preview this New Mexico game, give them some actual you know, facts that they can use to... Let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Well, so New Mexico was in the top 25 last week, right? Number mm-hmm. 23, if I recall. Yeah. And then they lost at Nevada in double overtime. Did you see any of that game? I did. It was excellent. Can I go on a 20-second AP Yes, rant? please do. So the way college basketball works and building a resume for the tournament is great because, you know, it looks at your overall body of work and analytics and quality wins and this and that. AP voters on a week-to-week basis are extremely reactionary-based, right? Yeah. And so Alabama was number two in the country. They lose to Oklahoma on the road. Quad one game. They drop to number four. Who leads them? Tennessee and Houston. They beat Houston on their home floor, and they still have a better – I think they have comparable records, but numbers, everything, Alabama is better than Houston. But just because they lost most recently, they're behind in, in the yeah. AP pool. Yeah. So I think that New Mexico is a top 25-worthy team. They fell victim to this because they lost last week in a game against Nevada, who's really good in thrilling double overtime fashion. So that was a long-winded way to say New Mexico should probably still be ranked. Yeah, probably. So the final score there, 97-94 inside, I believe, the Lawrence Event Center there in mm-hmm. Reno. So, uh, Jacob, I'll, I'll read a couple, you know, leadoff stats, but then tell me your overall impression. I didn't watch that full game. I just saw some highlights, so I can't tell you my overall impression. But reading about it, um, Jamal Mashborn Jr., we know he's a great guard. He scored a career-high 33 points in that game. Um, it's his first career game over 30 points, um, and the first time a Lobo has scored over 30. So that was pretty impressive to me. And then, you know, Jalen House, of course, we also know he's a great guard, and he poured in 17 points. So those those two guys are going to be the focus of the defensive effort from Utah State is how to deal with Mashburn and House. Um, but first, just tell us, what did you see there against Nevada? And then how will it, you know, what can the Aggies take away from that game and from their other game against Air Force this week to prepare for him? Um, New Mexico probably should have won that game. Nevada just never went away. They just kept responding blow for blow, kept hitting big shots. So something Utah State needs to do on Wednesday is they need to make sure that their offense is revving the whole 40 minutes. I'm not saying they got to hit every shot, every possession, and that's ridiculous. What I'm saying is some of these lapses that they've had, that they had at San Diego State in the first half, Mm -hmm. half, that they had at Nevada in the second half, they can't go – eight minutes in this game 
and not score. Like they need, there will be ups and downs over the course of a basketball game, but they need to constantly be scoring the basketball because Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn, you're not stopping those guys. No, you can contain them. Yeah, but you're not stopping them. Another thing about New Mexico, this is what they showed it at Nevada a little bit, where they really showed it was at San Diego State. Defense travels. UNM under Patino, they had a great offense last year, but they struggled in a lot of ways because their defense wasn't to par. That defense is so much better this year. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just their physicality and how they can match you man to man, they can hang in any game against anyone in the country because of that. And so that's something that Utah State has to be able to match. And, you know, they'll be at home so that they'll have that boost. But you need to be able to meet these guys step for step, and you can't have any major lags in your game performance. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, let me just double check it. Is this going to be a quad one opportunity at home or quad two? Is it barely quad two? So, um, it's top thirty is quad one. I believe that New Mexico is thirty right now. Yeah. So, so as it stands, as it stands, it's a quad one opportunity. What's interesting about this is. If they lose, there's a good chance they drop <laughs> lower than 30, which would make it a quad two. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what matters is where they stand at the end of the season, right? Yeah. yeah. And so what's interesting when we talk about quads, and it can kind of be an exhausting narrative, especially because it fluctuates so much. But right now I believe Utah State has four quad two wins, but they could realistically have eight quad two wins by the end of the season just in games they've already played. Because Bradley, Utah Valley, Air Force, a lot of those games are close to quad two territory. It's confusing because, you know, away, you can beat away teams that are a lot worse and get a quad two win. Mm-hmm. You got UNLV that's fluctuated right around the 75 line. So I believe right now they're number 75, which means that the season ended today. That's the only quad two win they've gotten in conference play. But they lose tomorrow, or the number 76 team gets a quad one win and hops them. Mm-hmm. That's a quad three game. So, I mean, it's it's crazy how much these numbers matter and hold water because that's how you look at the overall body of work. But right, right now it's just it's kind of crazy for the Aggies looking at the resume. Yeah, for sure. And um, Let's just quickly add in there from New Mexico how they fared against the Falcons. On Saturday, I believe, is when they played. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a game that you're supposed to win. Um, oh, you know what? So I watched the end of this one, too. It was mm-hmm. Friday night in the pit. They sold that thing out against Air Force. Like, that that place is jumping down there this year. It should always be jumping. But especially when they're winning. And Air Force, Air Force is a lot of young talent. They're going to be a hard out the rest of conference play. And Air Force hung with them for most of that game. New Mexico pulled away thanks to some big threes down the stretch and won by about 10, I think. Eight points. Eight points. But that game was close through the first 38 minutes. And so I I don't think that's an indictment on New Mexico as much as it shows how loaded the the league is that Air Force, (laughs) Air Force, we're talking about Air Force. Yeah, the cadets. The cadets. Mm -hmm. They can come into one of the toughest environments against one of the best teams in the league and give them a run for their money. The bottom is going after the top. And so that that's crazy to me. But New Mexico, they're healthy. They're ready to roll. And obviously they've had a 
even one day longer than the Aggies to prepare for their next matchup. So they'll uh, have fresh legs and, you know, hopefully uh, drink the prune juice for for the altitude and (laughs) be ready to face the Aggies. Yeah, fair enough. Um, One thing I did uh, see in that game uh, with Air Force was the fan base was not very happy about how close that was. And, like, yeah, it's probably a bit reactionary, like you're saying, but, um, uh, you know, Jeff Grammer, the, the the main New Mexico beat writer down there um, for the Albuquerque Journal, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, he, uh, you know, he was like, hey, everybody calm down. Like, <laughs> you're overreacting. Like, Air Force is a good team. Kind of what you just explained. Like, Air Force is a hard out. They're, they're going to give people tough runs here. The important thing is that you get that W there because score margin doesn't really come into play in tournament selection, really. Well, I say this with respect to New Mexico fans because I think they're probably the best in the conference. So I say this with love and respect. New Mexico fans think they're God's gift to basketball, but they haven't been relevant since 2014, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden they're good again, and now they're out here being like, oh, man, we played poorly. Just be glad your team won. Yeah, yeah. Like, how quick are you to forget how many poor seasons you guys have had? Just be happy your team wins a conference game. That, that's all. That's all. Don't be, don't be crying about getting a W. Yeah. Especially in this conference, like what Utah State did on Saturday. I know Fresno State, you look at the record, it's not that impressive. It's a quad three win. Fresno at home, though, has beaten New Mexico. They've beaten UNLV. And Utah State just shut the door on them, just mm-hmm. dominated them. I was worried about that game. I thought it was a bit of a trap card. Um because they've struggled at Fresno in past years, recent years, and um, they had struggled on the road recently. Uh, you know, obviously, you you fumble the game in the first half, basically at San Diego State, um, and then you know you have nightmares from Nevada and Boise State lingering in your mind still. I was really concerned that that one was going to end up being an ugly quad three loss, but. I, you know, I thought the Aggies were pretty resilient in that bounce back on that California stretch this last week. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the way Fresno State plays, I think, helps the Aggies because they're a team that relies so heavily on defense. And Utah State is so talented offensively that even though they're going to get slowed down, shots are still going to come. Fresno State has the advantage against some teams where they can match their physicality per se. Mm -hmm. And so if Boise State or New Mexico is having an off shooting night, maybe they can hang in there longer with the Aggies. It's just inevitable that they're going to get at least a 60 points, which is enough to beat Fresno. But what really stuck out was they got to 70, right? Mm -hmm. And they did not let them back in the game once they got the big lead in the second half, which is something we've seen happen. And, the way they did it, too. They out-rebounded Fresno State by, like, 14 boards. I, a physical Fresno physically, State Physically, it was the most dominant performance we've seen from Utah State this year. Dan Atkin, mm-hmm. Trevin Dorius even had some nice moments. Yeah. And just a lot to be pleased about from that game going into Wednesday night against arguably the best team in the conference. You know, a little unspoken hero, too, in that game, too, is... I thought Taylor Funk did a really nice job in the paint too, which we've seen at moments. But um, you know, it just kind of depends on what what the game scenario calls him to do. Um, and I thought he did a really good job answering the role at Fresno State um, quietly, <laughs> very quietly. Oh yeah, but know, got some some good rebounds, got a couple clutch points in the paint. 
thought he did a good job. No, I agree. And here's the thing we forget about Taylor Funk is, you know, we see his flashy three-pointer shots, and it's incredible <laughs> what, what we can do. And he, even me sometimes, I'm like, man, like I wish his offensive usage rate was even higher because when he's on, he's just incredibly on. Mm-hmm. But we forget that he's a really, really athletic big that can guard two through five and stretch the court on offense, but also when you need guys down low, He's got the size and the athleticism that if he has the effort, he can deliver. I think there's some games, I think he's a stud. There's some games where, you know, he gets a little bit into that, I'm a just, I'm a shooter mindset, you know. He doesn't get into the paint and, you know, get that grit factor to him. Against Fresno State, he wasn't worried about any of that, about his point total. Not that he's always worried about that but sometimes that that is his role as a three-point shooter sure yeah but sometimes we don't see the other side of what he can be against fresno state to your point he was in there i believe he had eight rebounds um, it was right around there i can look it up and so that that was huge to see from taylor funk um that he was able to kind of enforce himself the way that he did he had uh Three rebounds. <laughs> Actually, I think maybe you're thinking of Sean Barstow. Sean Barstow got eight boards. But... Dang it. I knew that someone besides, because Akin had eight rebounds. Mm-hmm. In my head, I remember someone else had eight rebounds. I was sure it was Taylor Funk. But you're saying it was Sean Barstow. <laughs> it's Sean Barstow, yeah. But that doesn't detract from <laughs> what we both saw is Funk yeah. played a good physical game. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, anything else to say about this matchup on Wednesday night? Um. I'm curious about the Tim Duryea corner. What about it? Are we going to get people to stand in that corner this game? Perhaps. That Shout out to the herd really quick. They filled the student section. All three conference home games since school's been in session. Yeah. But the Duryea corner, little preface for those who don't know what I'm talking about. The herd, it's a third of the arena. It's massively large. In the corner, the corner is often hasn't been filled behind in my the time pep as a band student. here. Yeah, yeah, it's been filled several times this year. But everyone that sits there, they sit down, and that's something that started when Tim Duryea was the coach because they started losing in conference in, and in the Mountain West, and people started sitting, and they haven't quite kicked the Duryea corner to the curb, and so even when the, the section is filled. The Duryea corner is still sitting. I've seen the section filled a lot of times. That co- uh, The year before COVID, it was filled a handful of times. Maybe not as much as it's going to be this year. But the only time since I've been in school that the Tim Duryea corner was standing was the Nevada game in 2019, the whiteout. Mm-hmm. The, the fire extinguisher game, yeah. right? The Sweet Caroline game. <laughs> okay. Do we see for the first time... In four years, the Tim Duryea corner standing on Wednesday night in the Spectrum. I think there's a very good chance of it. Um, and I will preface that with, if I'm wrong this week, I think for sure against San Diego State, given that Utah State, if they were to win this New Mexico game, for sure I would guarantee a standing Duryea corner against the Aztecs. That's that's fair. That's fair. Mm. I Maybe just because my heart wants it. Mm-hmm. But also, my mind's telling me that it just may be so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Spectrum Magic Knight just has that that buzz in the air. Best team. The Aggies have shown 
that they're a winning team. They're right on the bubble. Something about it, man. They need I that think, extra boost. I think the Tim Durier corner delivers because I think the demand to get in that arena is going to be high enough that there's not going to be room to sit. If you're sitting, you won't be able to see the court because the guy in front of you is going to be standing. Tim Durier corner gets filled Wednesday night for the first time in four years. And Utah State beats New Mexico. Inspection got a, got a score command. prediction with that? 76 to 71. With ice cream. Is it Max Shulga again? It's not Shulga. <laughs> Ashworth buries the game-winning free throws. Ashworth. Okay. Ashworth finishes with a team high 18 points. 18 it's points. a balanced effort. That's a team high. It's okay. going to be. Uh, but listen, Wednesday night, it'll be the first time. Not the first time. It'll be one of the times that Steven and Taylor both go off at the same time. Mm. Steven gets 18. Funk gets 17. 12 from from Bearstow, 12 from Shulga. Okay. You know, the whole team's gonna be gonna be eaten. Okay. And some of that might be I'm letting some of my um what what do you want to call it? My journalistic <laughs> integrity slip, maybe, sure. because I'm a senior and this is my last couple of chances to experience Spectrum Magic as a student. Mm-hmm. But that's what I think is gonna happen. I think they're gonna show up and they're gonna take it to the Lobos. All right. What do you I, think? Here, here's my prediction, right? Um, first of all, I think this is the Max Shoga game. Um, and why I say that is he's had, a, you know, he's had some tough moments in the last couple games. It's not been, like, super poor, but he's had some, some bad turnovers, some rough defense, you know, just, just some little things that, you know, you need Shoga to do, especially against really good guard play, uh, like – Mashburn and, and House, and so I think that was the emphasis in practice this whole this whole weekend was, hey, you're going against two of the best guards in the Mountain West right now, and uh, you're going to have a really good chance to get that. I mean, I, I think Shulga has size uh, at least on House, right? Or is Mashburn the smaller one? No, I think it's House. Okay, you know he has some size, and and so I think we see a complete defensive performance from Max Shulga. And it transitions on the offensive side, and I think he leads the Aggies in scoring. That is my prediction. You heard it here first from Jake Ellis, Wednesday night, Utah State against New Mexico. Max Shulga is going to say, it's Shulga time. It's Shulga time, yeah. Young Shulga time. Yeah, right on. Well, what do you say we take a break? Yeah. We've been going uh, 40 minutes strong here, (laughs) talking polar bears, talking hoops. Mm -hmm. Let's take a break. We'll get back and uh, chat some other stuff on the other end sounds wonderful stick around right here on aggie radio aggie fans this broadcast is brought to you by aggie radio 92.3 kblu and everlight solar everlight solar serves communities throughout utah and help local homeowners go solar more information is available at everlightsolar.com hey this is maggie from the mosaic podcast and you're listening to aggie radio 92.3 kblulp logan News just in, Aggie Radio is the bee's knees, radio.usu.edu. Programming on Aggie Radio is made possible in part by our members in the Utah Division of State History, looking to guide its future. To assist them in their goals, they have a short survey that all Utah residents can take. More details at history.utah.gov.
All right, you're listening to the Aggie Radio Sports Show here on 92.3 KBLU LP Logan, presented by the Utah Statesman. I'm Jake Ellis, the sports editor of the Utah Statesman, here with Jacob Nielsen, a freelancer covering Utah State athletics. And uh, this is going to be time for gymnastics, uh, who had a, a nice solid bounce back weekend, I would say. So... In case you, you're not on the gymnastics pulse, which I don't know why you wouldn't be. It's a very interesting sport. It's a it's a unique offering here in Cache Valley. Not a lot of towns the size of Logan have a D1 gymnastics team. So it's, it's very exciting. Um, and let me let me tell you, the first season under Coach Kristen White, right? And so there's going to be some ups and downs. Um, had a pretty nice opening there at the Best of Utah. Um January 13th, they beat BYU, fell to the ranked squads, Utah and Southern Utah there. And then the next week, they had to go down to Cedar City and take on Southern Utah. And, man, it was it was rough. They scored a 193.425. It's a season low, and it's a season low by, like, two whole points. It was it was rough. It was, it was not a good time to be an Aggie gymnastics fan. What happened to them down in Whoville? Dude, no idea. No idea. It seemed like, you know, there were some vault struggles. There were some beam struggles. Um, they just, you know, they just weren't ready to take on, you know, a top 25 Southern Utah Thunderbird squad. So it just, it just, it wasn't in the cards. Southern Utah took it, but then it was Spectrum Magic Night on Friday, right? And let me tell you here, um, what, well, you know, here, let me tell you something. Okay. In preparation for the show, I was doing a little bit of research, reached out to a source that I know that's dialed in to USC Gymnastics. And they told me that the the weekend's home meet against BYU was the biggest attendance since, like, 2014. You're right. How how do you uh, figure that out? I mean, who's your source? I, what can I, I'm plugged in. Okay. I'm plugged in with, with the people in the know. I might not be in the know, but I know the people in the know, and that's all that matters. Okay. Yeah, fair. Um it, it was. It was. It was crazy. There was over two thousand people in attendance for Spectre Magic Night against BYU, and when you hear some of that, and it's the Olympic sports, people know the school down south. Uh, you know they they're pretty invested in some of those, right? And when you have season high attendances in soccer, it's you know a good part of that is some Cougar fans that have traveled up, and they take up you know a good section of the stands, right? Wasn't the case actually, which was super surprising to me. There was you know there's still probably. 100 or 200 Cougar fans in a, in a nice little section in the left side of the bowl. But other than that, it was all Aggie fans wearing the Spectrum Magic t-shirts, cheering on the Aggies. Um, it was really exciting. Um, and it, it made for a great atmosphere. It's something that Coach White had talked about a lot after. Um, and so let, let me get back to my point where – Well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What you have to say is much more important. <laughs> but I got to get this out. Okay. Nothing draws students at the school more to events than free T-shirts. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely astounding. Do you know how many free cotton polyester Utah State T-shirts the average Utah State undergrad student has per capita? My over-under here is six and a half. That, that's, that's a pretty good line. <laughs> I would take the over. Oh, okay. And here's the most astounding thing. I haven't seen one women's basketball promo that's had free T-shirts this year. Yeah, it's a good. The point. one sport that attendance struggles in the most. Mm-hmm. I 
I'm sorry, wins basketball. I'm just they're catching <laughs> strays out here. Yeah, dude, I just they didn't ask for this dog. I did gymnastics. And you pull I just out had the this thought. I just had this thought because they had like the midnight yell thing, which mm-hmm. they sold from A and M, yeah. and I don't know if it can move the needle or not. It was like a Monday night, in the middle of the night, and hundreds of people pulled up because there were free T-shirts. Yeah, it was full. It was great. It's good atmosphere. So, shout out to gymnastics for delivering with free t-shirts. Also, the product is excellent. Mm-hmm. Women's gymnastics is an incredible thing, to your point. It's an awesome sport. I don't understand it. I don't understand the point system. Yeah. But I can appreciate incredible feats of athleticism. So I enjoy going to them. But I'm telling you, when it comes to the herd, when it comes to Utah State, free t-shirts, man. It's the way to go. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind when I'm planning the next promotion. Um I don't know. Oh, I'm telling you, you could have, they could start, you know, there was a story in the Utah Statesman from one of our very talented coworkers, well, Mm -hmm. one of your coworkers, about about the USU rugby team and some of their financial struggles. Yeah. They just need to have free (laughs) t-shirts and pay for people to go to their games and they'll be just fine. Hmm. That's a good point. I'm telling you, it solves all ills. I bet the hockey team could do that. Oh, if the hockey team had a free t-shirt deal, it would be a record turnout. Yeah. And they already get big turnouts. Yeah. But they, they do a free t-shirt. Goodness <laughs> gracious. It's a good point. That arena up there in North Logan is popping. I think what I'd like to see is a St. Patrick's Day theme at the first softball game. Because I think it's right around there. I, I like where you're going with this. Green, green Aggie shirts. Um, They've done black. Big blue with a clover. Um, You're speaking my language. Pots of gold on the back. They got to get Notre Dame. <laughs> well, it's, it's going to be New Mexico, but <laughs> didn't uh, didn't we have one of the girls? Yeah, last year Lexi Orozco. They got to yeah. get Lexi to get the Fighting Irish back to Logan. I know Notre <laughs> Dame wouldn't want to spend it anywhere else. Their glorious St. Patrick's Day, no, either than Logan, not. Utah. Yeah, it'd be the it'd be the most anticipated home softball game. Since the Aggies You're right, won yeah. the national championship in 1970, mm-hmm. I that would be a full uh, Legrand field right there. Uh, but okay, let's uh, let me get back to my point about gymnastics here. This was an important turnaround here, and I think it it's something that you're never quite sure on when you have a change in coaching staff, a change in a lot of personnel that transferred to Clemson following Coach Smith, right? Um, how are you going to take a loss and and not just like a loss, but a, a tough loss? It, it wasn't even close. It was, it was almost three point difference at Southern Utah, but they come out here. They score a one nine five nine at home um, with a nine nine two five from Sophie Sullivan on, on beam. So uh, a, a, a solid night. Um, still had some struggles on vaults. Um, it's their weakest event. And then, um, some other thing, the, the the floor just wasn't there for for them that night. That just something was off. It they didn't do what they know they can do on floor, um, and those were the two things that stood out to me as why they they lost this meet to BYU. But the big the bigger point here, I think, in this first year under Coach White, is that they they bounced back and you know improved by uh, a score of over two point you know whatever I, I i'm not a, i'm not a math major I'll, I'll steal your line i'm not a math major but never claimed to be a math but they, major <laughs> but they improved 
with, uh, you know, more than 2 point, I think it's 2.5, if I'm reading this right. It's like 2.475, which is huge, huge in, in gymnastics. Absolutely. You know, because it really does come down to the, the tenths, the point one. you know. So that that's a huge rebound from a really tough meet there at Cedar City. And they've shown that they can go off on the road and compete because they did well in the best of Utah. So I don't think it's an away thing. Um, I think it was just, uh, you know, what, maybe it was a little distracted. Maybe it's because Southern Utah is just so good that it's it's hard to, to build up some confidence to perform there or whatever. Yeah, I think it's the tap water down there in Whoville. Okay, could be, could be, could be. Um, Iron County, is it? I don't know. I, there, there is certainly iron placed <laughs> in that tap water. <laughs> well, a lot of it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So that um, uh, was a tough one. So they head to Boise State this week to the Extra Mile Arena. and uh, uh, The Taco Bell Center. Yeah. <laughs> Up there in the, the state capital the, of the, the... The tiniest three-deck arena <laughs> in the entire world. Some of their flips on the on the bars are going to be getting to the height of the third deck, you think? I'm afraid so. <laughs> they they need to make sure that they don't scrape their noggins on the roof there. Yeah, got to be careful. Especially because isn't the the floor kind of springy, too, Yeah. when they're doing their little freestyle stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, you can get up there, but they got to be <laughs> careful. Yeah, for sure. So, I, I think they got a good chance there. BYU beat Boise uh, the week before. They came to uh, Logan, so I think it's a good chance there to get your first road conference win, um, and uh, I think it's it's a good opportunity to see, you know, what this team's going to do this season because that's one that they're going to have to win to have any chance here in the conference this year. So we'll see what happens. It should be an exciting one there Friday night in Boise. So nah, that's uh, that's good stuff. Um, thanks for. Uh dialing us in on on the gymnastics team i think that i know a lot more about them now than i than i did and i I gotta gotta make it out to a meet maybe mess around and cover one one of these days yeah yeah for sure well um okay here's the dilemma we're running out of time here so jacob do you think we have time to do this real quick maybe Uh, maybe just starters there's always time there's There's always always time time. okay all right i'll stop teasing then okay so uh since you guys loved our world cup draft so much i know you did i got so many comments uh on us how how great it was so um we're gonna draft an a starting all-star lineup of usu athletes for a basketball game obviously not including basketball players because you know whatever that we are we already know right so this is inspired by the nba all-star game gonna be down there in salt lake city here pretty soon this next month so um jacob i will loft you the first pick so just you gotta pick five it's gotta have uh you're gonna have to have a center gonna have to have two forwards and two guards i'm gonna limit you you can't go small okay i gotta gotta have some big guys yeah can i draft from the women's basketball team no Ah. and i think um should we keep it just to uh male athletes to fit like the nba all-star aesthetic or do you want to broaden it i'm good either way uh well i don't care um i think my first pick is gonna be diara walton Okay, the the goalie for USU soccer. Yeah, what I I just think that she would just be, I she's just a brick wall there in the goalie, and you know you need that mindset onto the hardwood. You know, she need she'll get on there on the court, get rebounds, play good defense, and I want her on my team. She your center or forward? 
Forward. Power forward? forward? Yep. Okay. All right, I like that. It's a good pick. I like the, the justification behind it. I think mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good one there. So I think this is the biggest miss in our drafts of all time, that you didn't take this guy first. <laughs> and it's uh, Calvin Tyler Jr. at point guard. Oh, that's tough. That is tough. And let me tell you why, because he won a state championship in basketball. Did you know that? I did. And then, of course, he has the speed and he has the explosiveness, too. He can drive down the lane. And he, he has the, the wherewithal to know, I mean, you know, he's he's blocked it a fair good of, uh, you know, big big DTs down there in the line, right? So he's there on defense, knows where to put, you know, his fast hands, knows where to guard. And, um, of course, he would just be an assist master out there. He, he has the offensive mindset. So, Man, that's, that's a good pick. Um, you know, I'm proud of you for, for pulling that one out of your hat. That's a, that, that's a good move. Um, I think my second pick, one of my guards, I would have to go with Ike Larson. That's a great pick. Because, you know, he's a hooper. You know, he just he knows the right spots to be. He'd be a versatile wing guy. Get open, lock down the the other team's best guard. I'm going with Ike. Okay, that's a good pick. And I think what we should label here while we have it is that um, you can only pick one player from each team, from each USU team. Does that sound good? Is that fair? That sounds good with me. Okay, all right. So um, let me think here. I am leaning towards... Maisie McFarlane from the softball team. Hmm. Let me tell you, she has some good size. She uh, she's an outfielder, so she has some explosive speed. But um, I think I'm gonna slide her at small forward because I think she's she's a bit of a smaller small forward, almost a guard, hmm. but um, kind of that shooter, almost like a, a Taylor Funk type, but a little smaller, so won't do as much in the paint. But uh, is gonna be another shooter there and can switch on defense when uh. You know, it is necessary. So, Maisie McFarland, my second pick. You know, I respect that pick. He gets well thought out. It's not going to be as good as my third pick, though. Okay. My third pick, freshman off the men's tennis team, hmm. Nuno Pinero. He's tall. He's 6'7". And he's from Portugal. Do you know who <laughs> else is from Portugal? Diego Brito. Diego Brito. <laughs> and, full, minor footnote. Namias Keto is yeah, also from yeah, yeah, Portugal. Yeah, yeah. But most importantly, Diego Brito. He will be two forwards, right? Mm-hmm. So he'll be my other forward. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to be we're gonna be loaded. Dierra Walton, my guy from Portugal named Nuno. And you got my dog, Ike Larson. I respect that. I think that is a great pick there. Okay. I think it is time... <laughs> for me to make a selection obviously (laughs) (laughs) and i am expounding here a little bit so i like your pick with Dierra walton but i'm gonna go someone with a little more height um to garter so it's gonna be a struggle you know it's gonna be physicality versus height there down low Mm. in the power forward and it's gonna be brianna brooks from the gymnastics team Mm. she's one of the tallest gymnasts i've ever seen and she has hops you know so Mm. can lob it up she'll put it down alley-oop Brianna Brooks, my power forward. I like it. I like it. I think for uh, for my my fourth pick, if you're just tuning in, end of the segment, we're, 
we're talking about our starting five for the USU men's basketball team, if we had a pick from non-basketball athletes, you could only choose one athlete per team. And I think for my my next pick, I got to go to the the cross country team, and I got to take my guy Caleb Garnica. <laughs> he's a dog. He always featured in our draft. He's a, he's an outstanding athlete. He's an outstanding. How can you omit him mm-hmm. from the conversation? He'll be my other guard. I think he's just going to be, you know, the workhorse. He's going to be the guy that's facilitating the basketball, and he's someone you want on your team. Okay, you know I like that. That's fair. And uh, let me get you with a sleeper pick here from the men's golf team, the six-five <laughs> center, Josh Pearson from Kaysville, Utah. He's a Davis start. Wow. And that's just a height thing. That's a size thing. Um, I think your paint's going to have a bit of a struggle against us down here. Keep in mind, I got a six-seven Portuguese man on my roster, dog. Okay, that's so. fair. That's fair. But you, you need you needed some height. You did. I did. You did. Um, for my final pick, I'm gonna go with. Uh, hmm. You need a center, by the way. Well, so I switched. My tennis man's gonna be my center. Oh, okay. okay. My tennis man's my center, and you know I'm running out of names of athletes. To be honest with you, really? so I'm gonna go with my fifth pick, Ashley Cardozo. She's not on the team anymore, dog. Ah, oh, man, you're right. You're and right. you already picked a soccer player. Oh, I'm going to make right. you go back to the drawing board on that one. All right, you you pick yours, and then I'll come back to you. Okay, all right. I think this is um, one that has gone away. Um, I don't know why. Um, this should have been an easy pick. It's Tatum Stahl, an outside hitter from oh. the volleyball team, as Goodness my gracious. shooting guard. We overlooked the volleyball team. They were out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, man, that's that's, that's a big mistake from you, dog. Yeah, that's that's tough. You know, that's I can't I, believe you gave me that first pick too. I got it at the end to steal or win. I know. I got it. I got to respond with Kaylee Stokes, okay, of the volleyball team, because yeah, I really should have just my first pick should have been off the volleyball team because they're natural basketball players, flying in the air, and they're pretty much the best team on campus anyway. So yeah, I mean, went to the NCAA tourney. Who else yeah. can say that? Not many teams. Yeah. So Arkansas can say that. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to round up the draft, I'll say my team, you say your team. Yeah, good. Yeah. All right, so starting point guard for me, Calvin Tyler Jr., has had success on the basketball court before, going to be a great athlete for us. At my shooting guard, it's Tatum Stahl, the outside hitter from the volleyball team. Small forward, Maisie McFarlane from softball. She's an outfielder. Brianna Brooks, my power forward from gymnastics. She excels at the floor routine in gymnastics. And then at center, Josh Pearson from the men's golf team. I Excellent. I think uh, so, much, so mine is Caleb Garnica is my starting point guard. Then I got Ike Larson, my wing guard. And then my small forward, I believe, is uh, Kaylee Stokes from USU Women's Volleyball. My power forward is the, the brick wall the goalie, the esteemed De'Ara Wallen of the USC soccer team, and then my center, straight out of Portugal, <laughs> is Nuno Pinera, the fre- freshman guy on the men's tennis team. And that, that that's my team. We're not going to lose. I don't know. I think we got some pretty competitive teams here. I think they match up pretty well against each I, other. I think... I would probably have to admit Calvin Tyler Jr. <laughs> might have the edge against Caleb Garnica. Yeah. But everywhere else, I think I think I got a sound squad. I don't know. I think my Tatum Stahl, 
can get past Ike Larson, dog. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Ike Larson is locking Taylor yeah, yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Locking yeah. her down. I know, but we'll just take a you know a big screen here from person. Wide open. Drain the three. All right. All right. But whatever. Whatever. We're out of time. We're out of time. We're going long really here. Really quick. Yeah. Shout out to our to our, our boy, John Hartwell, getting back on his feet, mm-hmm. getting the athletic director job at Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. Shout out to to former AD, John Hartwell. And shout out to uh, Audrey Flood, the, uh, the director of Aggie Radio, for letting us into the studio. <laughs> when we didn't know the code, so we appreciate that. We may have started the show late because we didn't know how to break in here. Yeah. (laughs) But that's why we're ending it late, to balance it out, you know? Yeah. Everything's balanced in the the universe. There you go. Except for Alaska hockey. Yeah. Well, just uh, if you need a reminder, go back to the start of this show. Y'all really like it, I guarantee you. Yeah. All right, that's our show. Uh, I'm Jake Nielsen for Jake Ellis. Have a good night.